Hey everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It is January 15th, 2020, and this is episode number 15, people. I'm Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. Happy to be here. <laughs> you ready to get into number quarin? What is it? Diaz? Diaz y Cinco? Numero 15. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <right>. hit it! <laughs> It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. word that you were looking for was quince are we just going straight into the episode yeah okay no no mic check <laughs> oh mic check mic check one two one two we're just going to assume that this is recording the rest of the podcast how are you this week brad i'm doing swell dude you got out of the car and i immediately was like you look younger thinner more handsome like wow. what are you doing what's going on you cut your hair off right so i shaved my beard Okay. Um, I never realized that it gets as thick as it does for you. Yeah, yeah. So that always, you know, makes me look a little younger once that thing cuts off. But I've also been working out here and there, eating some, uh, you know, healthy, healthy granola bars instead of uh, Cheetos and stuff like that. So, what's your granola bar of choice? Um, I actually ordered these uh, bars called IQ bars. And they're filled with like a bunch of different nutrients uh, that's supposed to help with like, uh, it's supposed to like help feed your brain and, and make you feel more awake and stuff like that. So, hmm. um, and it has like less, the bars that I got are less than a gram of sugar and um, the net carbs are like super small too. So I'm just, like I said, um, as far as. Uh, resolutions go, you know, I just have the basic, like try to lose a little weight, try to be a little healthier. So I'm still on that. Haven't given it up yet. Looks like it's uh, going well for you. Um, the reason why I ask about the granola bars, I'm such a big fan of these kind bars. Oh yeah. Have you had them? Yeah. Kind, okay. Kind's good too. I always get the peanut butter, dark chocolate. Mm. And so every day I, I work at Hatchways on Victory Park Lane down by the AAC and so there's this brand new Tom Thumb that's built into the bottom of the, this is the bougiest Tom Thumb you've ever seen. It's right in Harwood <laughs> District. They have like a bar called the Union in it. Hmm. So like I walk over Who there. Do they think they are Whole Foods? <laughs> yeah, it's it's seriously on par with that. But I walk over there every day. It's probably five minutes from the office because I go and grab, I go and I, I take a banana off of a cluster in the produce <laughs> section and I grab a kind bar yeah. and then I walk back and I eat it in my little pod. And yeah. that's kind of what I do during the day. And so the, our front desk girl was giving me some, some crap, you know, yesterday, I think she saw me walk in and she just kind of shook her head and I was like, what, what's up? You judging? What's going on? <laughs> she goes, you know, we have that stuff here. And I was like, but I don't have to walk that far to you. Yeah. Plus probably cost an arm and a leg like my yeah. my lunch order every single day is a dollar 75 really yeah that's amazing banana and a kind bar um yeah i've been substituting my lunches for those for the type of bar as well so really yeah that's dude that's where you see the results 
Uh, yeah, okay. I'm hoping so. If you're out there and you're like Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Man, folks, listeners, that gave me so much heartburn last week. I must have listened to that portion of the episode 50 times just out of fear. And um, anyway. But... In the famous words of Big Boy from Outcast. <laughs> Big girls need love too. Okay. No discrimination here, squirrel. I'm I'm not going back. I'm not going back there. So, uh, but my main point is, if you are trying to drop a few, intermittent fasting is a must, and yeah. you simply have to cut out a significant portion of calories. Like, I remember when I was on a roll with eating and drinking and all of that stuff that you know is just bad lifestyle options. Like you're staying up too late, mm-hmm. you're eating a lot of. Uh, cheese fries and things like that whenever i did that whenever i had a plate of cheese fries at 9 45 on a tuesday um the next day i was thinking about chick-fil-a for lunch (laughs) by 9 30 10 Mm a.m but the discipline of like if you have a banana and a kind bar i like to do it as late in the day as possible for lunch like one or two minimum and i kind of have it just structured so that i stay pretty alert and sharp throughout the day. Um, I want to eat like a squirrel and then I want to come home. I want to have my measured 1700 calorie dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know exactly what it is at Chipotle or other staples that I go to, but if you eat one and a half meals a day, um, that's gold. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working my way to that. Cause you know, I'm a bigger dude and honestly, like it has been a little difficult because I just get hungry and like, um, I feel like I probably could have made my portion sizes a little bigger starting out. Um, but like, I'm really dedicated to uh, this weight loss thing. So I'm going a little more difficult on myself, but I have been getting like these hunger headaches, um, which most people wouldn't recommend. Um, but I have my own way of doing things. So. They also say that you attain this certain level of clarity once you've started cutting into uh, like burning your, your body fat and like your metabolism has like it, it's back at break even or whatever it is yeah. and it starts digging into like the negative essentially that's when your brain is like just firing off on all cylinders right and so I don't know like I've done often I'll feel maybe rejuvenated if I have a nice lunch and it's something that I probably should do more of Um, but the way I figure it how many are how many calories are in a kind bar like I gotta uh, think that probably I'm, like two ten. Yeah, I'm getting at least what do you think three hundred calories yeah. throughout the day. Um, trying to focus on cutting out as much coffee. Mm-hmm. I was talking to I think it was Shelly on the phone last night. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm I'm cutting back on coffee pretty significantly. Like I had five <laughs> cups today, and she was like, if I had five, five cups, cups, I would die. And I'm like, <laughs> my heart would stop. Oh, but I'm like throughout the day, like. Like from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed, five cups, that's nothing. That's crazy. Are you serious? Dude, I I can't even tell you the last day that I had coffee. Like I just don't. Oh, you're one of the, dude, funny story. Do you remember hosting me at your oh. Maryland apartment <laughs> yeah. and me waking up on, what was it, a Saturday morning yeah. and finding out oh, that you goodness. didn't provide coffee at, at Brad's bed and breakfast i don't think i've ever seen somebody have the meltdown i I'm, I saw i'm lucky i didn't lose our friendship that day because <laughs> i uh i'm pretty sure i like threw stuff he, like did. Was... he did he threw stuff he threw it's like some remote or like something came off of something that you threw and i was like quietly like picking it up for you and putting it back i know it was i i embarrassed myself 
because um, I just had this weird moment where, and I was more like that back then. I, I do better at this even now. Yeah, I would say so. Even like, what, a year and a half, two years later. But, um, you know, the quick, I don't know, it's such a dude thing in some ways, but destroying an inanimate object or, you know, just messing with something like these blinds that I have in my house are not the original set. And I'm, I'm missing half the blinds on the second set because if they don't want to go one day, if they don't want to blind over to the left, I'll just be like, okay. And I'll just destroy all of them. I'll just take them all down, you know? Yeah. So I'm stomping on so them. Carson's in my apartment and I'm like, yeah, man, we can go get coffee. And he's like, you don't have coffee and just <laughs> chunking stuff. I'm like, dude, there's McDonald's like right across the street. We can go. And like, so we go downstairs, we get in my car and like, it's just dead silent. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, I really messed up here. I should have been a better host. Um, no, not at got, all. But we got you that coffee. I think one of the big things that was happening there was we woke up and you had coffee. Or you had some. I had a coffee maker. Yeah, but you I didn't had have, everything to trick I didn't, me. I just didn't have the any of the ingredients coffee. for coffee yeah. or cream or sugar. Or yeah. You just had all the uh, devices, and, yeah. and so then I say, yeah. "Let's go to Starbucks." And I'm pretty sure you said there isn't one. <laughs> yeah, it was it, the closest Starbucks was like 15, 20 minutes. And... It, it was out of range because we already had to get showered and go. Pretty sure we were going to DC we had, like, or brunch plans. Or we something. were going to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. For did uh, we go to Baltimore? Yes, for state. Uh, we went and visited uh, Stacy. Okay. Okay. I'm forgetting and how her sister I split, was in town. Yeah, I'm forgetting yeah. how I split that trip up, but that yeah. was one of the best trips in recent history. But uh, once I found out that there was no coffee in the house and that Starbucks, like, <laughs> I remember you looking at me just Bro. deadpan, and you were like, "Oh yeah, no, like there isn't one around here," and I was like. So what are my options? And you had very <laughs> level-headedly presented McDonald's because I'm pretty sure we had late night dinner there the night before. Yeah, we had like watched some comedy stand up <laughs> on Netflix. And... <laughs> so anyway, I was once I found out that I was relegated to McDonald's coffee, I just I was a diva. And I think that I ripped off a blanket off myself or the couch and a remote happened to be on that, but I was already flinging the blanket. But <laughs> it was a weird, awkward moment between myself and your boy. Um, yeah. Oh, man. It was great. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for not canning me over that. No, no. It was fine. Like, now we have a podcast where you get to destroy me in other ways, so it's perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, just no, no fat shaming on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow oh, totally I, kidding. I learned that that is a bad word last no, week. no i i gave you too much flack for that and so that's all yeah i i got listener feedback and i can't remember from who because i pretty much asked everybody all week i'm like can you yeah. can you say that somebody is for me in the moment especially you know we're talking about these nude models and stuff and i'm just like a tent i'm already tense because of that and i'm just like i was thinking more of myself in the moment and just trying to do some damage control probably but I think it all. Um, I, I think funny. it was a great conversation, for sure. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, I was just gonna say, like in Maryland, you know, I was living on my own, and I didn't like invite a whole lot of people out to my apartment. So you know, I was living off of like plastic utensils, and I just never. Uh, I think there were some camping chairs in the living room. Or yeah, something. dude, like, um, it was pretty bachelor. Because I didn't, I knew that I would be moving. Um, oh, that's and the I worst. And I didn't want to replace my couch. And like take that one out and then bring up a new one because I lived on the fourth floor and there was no elevator or anything. So I'm like, whenever I move, I'm just going to dump this couch off the balcony, which I did. 
and uh, just put it by the dumpster. And uh, yeah, so I just didn't see a point in replacing a lot of the stuff if I knew that I was just going to be moving it a few months down the road. You and I are of kindred spirits in that way. Um, if I feel like I'm going to vacate a lease or a place, I'm like, well, okay, I'm not, I guess I'm not going to clean this place until I leave because <laughs> yeah. that's imminent. But then in my existing situation, I just keep extending my yeah, lease. Yeah, like, like you've been here longer and longer. <laughs> but I moved away from this place for four months and then I came back and I was like, oh, this is still temporary. Like, anyway, long, yeah. long stories. But so what's been up? I saw you last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Um, what you, you you taught since then? You've seen Courtney since then? Yeah, Courtney was cool. in town. She just went home last night. She's uh, She has some shifts starting uh, tonight. and um, So we just kind of hung out, uh, had basketball games with our students. They've been winning, like, all of their games. They had a game last night, and they won by, like, 50 points. Oh, and they dude. didn't even they didn't even start their starters. Update on – the prima donna kid that you know he came up to me and he hugged it out and said he was sorry and you know we're cool he's he's been passing the rock a little more he's still you know he could he could still pass it more but he's he's been doing better so there's been progress there which i'm happy about so he didn't quit the team no but i saw that coming what a bluffer yeah but we yeah we knew that was gonna happen i mean we we know kids well, I mean, I, I don't know. Or you know how you were. Like, I, I don't know kids anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? They're the same, though. Like, like you have such a younger, you have such a wider. I have friends that are, you know, a couple years younger than me and then all the way to death type deal. But yeah. I don't really have any Gen Z friends or wh- whoever's under 20 at this point, you know. Right. Which, you know, is probably to my detriment in many ways, because I remember I was thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> Like coming up, I'm. You remember looking at your dad or other dads or like whoever, like male role models were in your life, and thinking, like, well, this person isn't hip with what's cool now. Yeah. According to my demo, um, and it could be, it could have been anybody, but now that I look back, I'm like, well, that person had to be hanging out with much younger people or mm-hmm. have access to that culture or pocket of culture, and so. It's it's made me redefine what I think is cool in many ways yeah. because for a long time it was always cool to be with the older kids or even if you were 22 it's like hey the 25 year olds called it's like <laughs> right. let's go see them like fun stuff like that but now that I'm 30 it's like well I probably should have friends that are like 20s you know yeah. young 20s and keep that going because otherwise how am I gonna how am I gonna remain relevant be red you got me man okay we're gonna stay we're gonna stay relevant in this thing. Well, I feel like you're you have a much bigger leg up than I do. I was even listening to the podcast last week. What did you say about Lizzo? You were like she was doing the most, and I was like he just knows things that I don't. Like doing the most, I was like, I don't. He sounds so cool, and at the same time, you were so flippant with that that <laughs> it it kind of annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> That's he, you were like wow. explaining your politically correct standpoint. You were like, well. We all know that she's doing the most. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wow. It was pretty funny. That's funny. Anyway. All right. So what but else? Yeah. So basketball, you know, school. Um, that's really all it is. We have uh, the Southwestern Adventist University basketball tournaments next week, oh, otherwise wow. known as the Hoop Classics, in which 50 schools are participating this year. 
and a bunch of Adventist schools and then also some just other, you know, private and public schools are uh, joining in on the fun. So, uh, hmm. so that'll be great. I guess you didn't need to find out about it via email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Well, I, uh, I blocked them. Really? How are you going to get show material now? Uh, like my dad says I'm going to be I'm going to be honest, I realized that I've had them blocked since before all that drama that we talked about in the past. Oh, I wow. blocked them whenever they got my birthday wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> when they sent out that email wishing us all a happy birthday like in November. Um, you blocked them. Yeah, it was like 3 years ago. I was like You don't um, know my birthday and you're asking me for money? Nah. That's so funny. I'm out. Yeah, I won't give them a dollar. Dollar son. Um Unless it was like for specific reasons. Yeah. I'm not going to give them a dollar until I can give them like a million dollars, you know? Stuff yeah. Like that. That's and how I feel. If you're going to give them a million dollars, like I've done more for you than Southwestern. Okay. Well, maybe if you send me some raunchy photos, <laughs> I'll give you $10 to slide in my DM, B-Rad. That's, that. that's how you can earn my <laughs> earn my affection. <laughs> um, well, a lot's been going on in the world, dude. Is that so? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna keep it real. I I was like barely like I was pretty much drowning whenever we were talking about politics last episode. And I don't really know what's going on this week other than, you know, just the headlines. So I'm gonna rely on you. Uh if whatever, you know, you wanna talk about and if you want my opinion on certain topics, I got you. But um what, what I'm not gonna act like about? I'm not gonna act like I know I uh read that our girl from Suits and uh Oh yeah. yeah, the Royals are like stepping yeah, they're down. Stepping down. They're trying to move to Canada, I believe so, and and they're just gonna, you know, uh, they said that they're. I guess once you step down, you no longer get like the royal money, but whenever you are part part of the royal family, like you're not allowed to make income elsewhere. Is that? I do you remember I, reading don't, something don't, about that? Don't catch me lying, but yes, there is some sort of like split based on how you spend your time and how close to the fold you are. Like, yeah, um, and so they're planning on just going independent. They they still get some sort of like per diem or allowance, yeah. correct? But it's not the same. It's like a fraction of the overall uh, financial income that they would get if they were to remain. What do they do all day? Like, I don't really know. I was actually in this whole story. I was looking up their social media or I saw a Twitter handle mm-hmm. and I was like, there's an entire brand surrounding like the Royals. And it's yeah. just so funny that like in the democratization of technology and like we're in 2020, mm-hmm. like nobody believes in royalty per se, except Hallmark movie watching girls. maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. That whole story is weird. And I had heard that she had put out some feelers for some acting. Yeah. Well, and, and I thought directing as well, but I could be wrong. Man, if Meghan Markle isn't in front of the camera, that set should be burned. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a waste of talent. That's right. Give me a Suits spinoff. She, she can star direct, but Rachel Zane will forever be. That's right. That's our know, girl. The, the goat. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is his plan? Is he just going to? He's just going to be that trophy dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he, he not? I, I don't know. I don't know what he could do for a living. I, I guess he could fundraise on other people's behalves or. Yeah. I mean, he could just go back to, uh, you know, making appearances at Taos in Las Vegas. But, you know, I don't think that worked out yeah. so well the I, last time. I mean, they they would get so disrespected, like in the headlines throughout their stint ever, ever since they, you know, even whenever they were just dating that I can't imagine they won't be able to help the world more now that they're stepping down from that position. Um, I feel like the, 
I feel like the public eye will be off of them once all this blows over more than it has been in, in recent years and that they'll just be able to do their own thing and contribute how they want to without the expectations of like being in the Royal family and all that, uh, I, all I that just, comes with that. I disagree. I think you they're going to be more in the limelight than ever because the quickest way to get to, you know, shut in obscurity in this situation would have been to age as a royalty and stay behind the castle walls. You know, like I can't name every member of the Royal family and not all of them have the same importance level to, I guess the brand and the world as a whole in but, terms of, but I think they will be after this blows over, I think they will be more known for their work and like all the projects that she's working on rather than, Oh, they were. Oh, I get that point. Okay. That, that's all that I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I totally missed that point. I was going to say like, I feel like they're going to be at an all time high in the tabloids. Like, you know, the minute they get some sort of house in Canada, it's going to be like, look at the, <laughs> look at the small dwelling right. that they have now. Like from, from fame to, yeah. you know, all the to headlines the are going to be written. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've just done a number on them since he incorporated Megan into his life. And right. just, I don't even know all the ins and outs. And I, we've discussed it on the show before. Like, yeah. I, I think some of it is um, outside of the norm. Some of it is kind of some maybe subtle, not so subtle racism, racism? in certain yeah. points. Um, so I'm not really sure. But that, that has been, it's got a lot of news coverage. So they, they had to go have a meeting with the queen, right? Yeah. So they went to her residence and she basically said, I don't want you to do this or something. Yeah, that's what it appeared. So, and they just said. And they're like, sorry, B. What, what's the next move here? What happens? I mean, they're, she's going to go produce her movies or act in her, act in her shows. It's significant that they're going to Canada, though, because that's also. Uh, well, it, it has Parliament and mm -hmm. so Canada and Great Britain are. Is that the same system? Uh, I'm not. I'm I, not I think it is because in London, uh, I remember the Canadian Embassy in London is like a block long. It's like so big, and I'm like, why is there all this? Why is there all this like cross pollination of of people and diplomats? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because. Well, you know, England colonized the entire world. Like, yeah. you, you know this better than I do at this point as a history yeah. guy. I just know the rapper Drake <laughs> is <laughs> it's originally, you know, from Toronto. And sometimes he raps with a British voice. That was the biggest uh... leap stretch. Wait, hey, I'm just when does he rap with a British voice? Oh, dude, his latest uh, check out the war. That's like the latest song that he dropped. He, he, he does it often. Just not on his big radio hits. You've never seen him like drunkenly talk like after a Toronto Raptors game. No. Oh yeah, he'll he'll throw in a bunch of different. Uh, He's like bruvs. Uh, what a night, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that Cockney, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's some there's some British slang in there. Man, I was on the I was on the phone with a a client in London recently. And he's like, uh, what was he talking about? He was talking about some sort of deadline getting pushed back. And he's like, it's the way it goes, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, shoot. I-N-I-T, in it. <laughs> in it? Um, um, okay, so yeah, I, I read about that. Um, what else we got? Um, there was a lot of big NFL stuff. I thought oh, the yeah, Chiefs yeah, yeah. comeback over the Texans. I thought about you because I was like, I'm so glad that <laughs> and, you wanted the Texans to hey, go all the and way. And I thought about you. And you were so excited 
you must have been so excited in that first quarter whenever they went up like 14 or 21 nothing. I wasn't watching the game. And then the Chiefs come back and just. Oh, yeah, man, they blew it. Patrick Mahomey is my homie. I love him. They are so fun to watch. Mm. That was the highest scoring first half in the history of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was wild. It was. I think that was the main game that I actually watched. I didn't. Watch and then Packers what was it? Forty-two unanswered points. Uh, yeah, something to point, that effect. At one point, it was yeah. a very high-scoring game, but yeah. But then your Baltimore Ravens also. I saw that. I, I didn't watch the game, but uh, they lost. I almost wasn't mad though because Tennessee is in a similar Dude, situation, and that that's it's like a who small I'm going market for now. and. Watching Henry run the ball is super fun. Like, well, they've been the underdog for the past several games, and they're just you know surprisingly knocking out all these teams. And so, I I want to kind of see them keep pushing forward. Uh, catch me up on their head coach because did he play for the Patriots like when you and I were maybe in our twenties or something? Mike Vrabel. Um, he's so young, and I, I could have sworn that I knew him as a player either growing up or something of that effect i could have sworn he was on the patriots back in the day maybe so as a player I, I'll, I'll look that up while you continue to talk that's funny that um like peers of tom brady's or even people younger are you know coaching <laughs> getting head, head coach jobs yeah and have you heard anything about his future since they got exited so early in the in the playoffs uh no I just didn't know. I assume that every year, like when you're 40, well, all he did, all he did was say that he doesn't see this being his last. He doesn't view that game being his last game. Gotcha. So he'll be back. But yeah, uh, Mike Rabel, the guy that you're talking about, um, he played for the Steelers and then went to the Patriots, like you had said. Man, okay. Yeah. What year? Uh, which Super Bowls did he win with the Patriots? Um. Around 2001, or at least he joined the Patriots in 2001. Oh, wow. So that was more breadbasket of my childhood. Yeah, he, he was there from 2001 to 2008. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, wow. Smack dab. Yeah, as a player, 10 to 18. As a player, three-time champion bowl, uh, Super Bowl champion. Okay, well, he's cleaning up as, um, I guess the Tennessee Titans are in Nashville, correct? They're in Nashville, yeah. Um, they would have to have to be Nashville or Knoxville, but I think it's Nashville and um, man, just watching their running game is so fun. That guy is like a more fit, taller Marshawn Lynch or something <laughs> like he's just, it's like watching Jerome Bettis from back in the day, just, you know, three and four guys on him and he just runs right through him. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. What did he have like four or 500 yards rushing in like two games? Yes. Uh, I think that was another record. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he put, he's put that entire state on his back. Yeah. Um, I was listening to, do you know who Nate Bargatze is? No. The comic? Nope. The stand up from Tennessee? Still no. I'm really surprised that you don't know his work. He's, he's selling out theaters. He's got a, a special or two. He's been all over late night, but he, he's if substantive I, if, enough that you would have caught on to him by now. If I if I see a picture, maybe I'll recognize him, but the name, I, I don't recall. <laughs> he's one of the main uh, comedians that lives outside of L.A. or New York that's also relevant and, like, included on... Like, he was recently on Whiskey Ginger with Andrew Santino. Hmm. Uh, he's been on... I think he's been on JRE, potentially. Um, but he lives in Nashville, and... He's a really, really funny guy. And he was recently on one of the podcasts just talking about how the, the Titans 
you know, Sports Center and the big media blocks, like they favor Northeast based teams, like East Coast teams. Yeah. You know, like the Knicks, I think he was saying he was saying like the Knicks could be zero and fifty and they would still be getting wall to wall coverage, whereas like a team in Tennessee, for instance, you know, it's gonna require them winning the Super Bowl to really get, you yeah. know, adequate coverage, essentially. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I gotta get a swig of water, dude. I'm so dry. Here. You have some. I was going to give you my cup. No, I was just saying that so that you would talk on the podcast. My mistake. You Okay. So, hey, guys. Um, football and whatnot, right? <laughs> I'm ready to move off football. Um, what do we have? We have one more round uh, for the NFC and the AFC. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to – you want to make new predictions and desired, you know. Yeah, baby. Titans all the way. Who are you thinking? Green Bay? Um, You know, I think that – Kansas City is going to be difficult to topple at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't think the... So Green Bay took out Seahawks, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe. I feel like they're more prone to, like, falling in the NFC division or the NFC conference round. Mm-hmm. Um, or they could lose the Super Bowl. But they're in the same... Chiefs and... Uh, Chiefs are NFC, right? Yeah. Are we sure? No. They might be AFC. Think about it. So Green Bay is playing who? They're NFC. I know that. They're playing the Titans, right? Yep. Titans are NFC. And then Green Bay must be playing the 49 I'm sorry. Uh, Who's playing the 49ers? Jeez Louise. Man. Um, I'm telling you, I'm not as up on a- AFC, NFC, but I can always tell because I don't like the AFC as much because it's usually more smash mouth football called on cbs yeah and i'm partial to fox um and i just haven't been watching since the cowboys are out and fantasy football's over i haven't been uh keeping up with every single team but the 49ers are playing the packers okay they're both nfc apologies titans and chiefs there you go they're afc yeah uh i think that tennessee's luck might be out but I could be wrong. It's just hard. But with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and, yeah, you know. It's hard. It'll, it'll definitely Kill. be hard to overcome them. They're a, a fantastic team. I really wish that I could talk to you more about that game because that game, I know not all games are created equal and, like, football on its head could be boring to you or baseball is pretty boring to me. But at the same time, you get me, like, a good playoff game where yeah. the score is, like, 11 to 9 after mm-hmm. 9 innings. That's compelling television. I want to watch that. And that was this game because uh, the amount of special teams antics that happened, like we're talking at one point in the first quarter, it was like six plays, three touchdowns. Like (laughs) it was just wild stuff. Like kickoffs were getting fumbled. um, You know, punts were being blocked. Like it was high drama stuff. It was fun. That's awesome. But Um, you had brought up uh, CBS, which I don't know if you – have kept up with any news as far as any one of the their announcers no tony romo what about i know he's i like watching have you heard any potential offers no okay so espn uh is it appears that they're in talks for making him the highest paid uh commentator ever working for espn really for their monday night installment yeah so Good. they could use some help on yeah, that. Yeah, because he would be succeeding uh, Booger. Okay. Yeah. I, I I watched one Monday Night Football game this last season, and I was like, I don't know who these guys are. Yeah. I don't like the graphics. Like 
I, I get in my little comfy, cozy yeah. cocoon, and NFL on Fox is that for me. Like, Joe and Troy better be calling the game. Aaron better be on the sidelines. Right. Because they just – actually, in reading in reading about the way that they set up Fox Sports and the way that they went and bid on the NFL, and, like, they're the ones that revolutionized things. Like, the reason why cameras are on, like – tightropes going over the field and like following players all the way down and they're you know 360 triangulating all of this where they can flip the camera around <laughs> right. and like show you from the other vantage point that's all fox like yeah even other networks that have adopted some of that stuff they don't do it at the same level as fox mm -hmm. and they were late adopters like hmm. joe buck writes about some of that stuff in because at one point they had to go recruit him you know right. like any network that's starting out as a startup and you have to go recruit people to go do this for you but anyway, the ESPN installment of MNF sucks. I like, agree. No shade, but I hate it. Um, um, and I would be disappointed if he did that just because. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, so they're potentially offering him between 10 to 14 million. Um, and, you well, know, he, five he, to seven, right? At CBS. Right. But CBS can make a counter offer to like, it's not like they can't offer him more money either. I, I think I would prefer him at CBS as well. Um, and he's doing a great job there. Um, yeah, but like I said, they can, they can offer him some money too. I mean, it would be crazy if he was able to go in and topple Phil Sims as like, you know, the number one color commentator for a network next to Jim Nance, who is a living legend. <laughs> yeah. He's just able to relegate him to the studio. And then everybody has been, they, they've just, They've been on his ego right. <laughs> all season. Like they're like, he just He's knows amazing. that before it happens, yeah. he calls the play. And it is, I do like hearing him and I like him a lot more than Phil Sims, obviously. Um, but to go and just take that number one spot, because you, you recognize how like their CBS is number one team, right. any national game they're calling same yep. as Joe and Troy on NFL uh, on Fox. Right. So for him to abandon that, I don't know. Yes. I think I think the smarter play would be for him to stick with CBS. It seems more timeless, and it seems like with what they broadcast that it would give him more range to do more things in the future because he's also an avid golfer and actually will, will sometimes – I think he missed the cut at the Byron last year, but mm. he'll play little tournaments. You know, He'll do all of this stuff, and I can't help but wonder if maybe he could do some sort of fun side gigs with PGA Tour in the future – through cbs um cbs seems like the more timeless yeah i agree e espn it just seems like they're more uh like let's get a good headline or something happened there. i don't know some like crazy i just feel like they're always like in it for like crazy antics and different stuff like that like they uh like you were saying cbs is more timeless like i view it as more like uh, prestigious which is maybe another way another way yeah. the way that i it. use it is is the same exactly yeah. um it just seems like pat summerall called was he on cbs or nbc i don't know okay never mind it just seems like to become a living legend where think about it he just needs to stay right there because as it is he's going to be in every american home bar and buffalo wild wings every sunday all afternoon for the next 40 years right I mean, that's how you indelibly leave a mark on broadcasting, on, you know, generations of sports fans knowing who you are. Like, 
that that's the big play for these guys. Now, whenever you said, have you heard about the, the deal or whatever? I thought you were going to tell me that he was getting an offer to go coach somewhere or oh. be a quarterback's coach or something like that. I mean, that would be cool too. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if he'd be, he's been so successful as an announcer, but I don't know. Maybe he would take a coaching position. Who knows? You know, my mom used to say that uh, she thought that he was not focused enough and not um, crazy enough. Like she used to say something to the effect of he's too well-rounded. Like mm-hmm. back when he was getting girl, like when he was dating Carrie Underwood and Jessica Simpson and right. with his, his current wife is, is gorgeous and he's got kids. He's like a scratch golfer. He's talented, all these different sports. And then he gets on the microphone and he blows us away with that talent she's like he's just too good at too many things to go out and win us a super bowl at that time you know (laughs) like she was like tom brady you don't see him in anything other than the field throwing the ball or ugg boots you know (laughs) that was good (laughs) you're welcome yeah i like that um yeah so that's what i got on that uh what other what other uh news caught your eye this week Oh man, uh, I caught a little bit of the the Democratic debate last night, which was uh, interesting. Okay, any um, anything that stuck out? Yeah, like the overall format has gotten more um, contained and respectful. I would say um, okay. it was weird because we're down to like I don't remember how many were on the stage last night, but it it was one of those situations where you weren't eliciting an audience response whether it be clap, boo, agreement, anything uh, for every answer. Like it was very mm-hmm. much, it was almost more intimate and like the very serious contenders were there. And the top four were not willing to, actually th- this leads into something I did want to discuss with you. The top four were not taking jabs at each other because the way that the Iowa caucuses work is such that you don't want to necessarily ostracize yourself from other people's voting pools. Yeah. Do you know how this process works? No. Okay. I don't fully either. Uh, I was hoping you did. But oh, I thought you were going to. Caucusing is different than just like a straight vote where it's like, hey, Pete Buttigieg got 1,000 votes and Biden got 2,000. So Biden wins. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. The way that it works is like it's a literal caucus where like you go to like the community center and they literally talk it out on a county by county basis. And what they do is you have to reach a consensus within the caucus, like the group of people yeah. with at least 15% of the voting members of the caucus supporting a particular candidate. But if no particular candidate could get to that, to maybe that threshold or maybe some other threshold, mm-hmm. it's, it's a possibility that if the vote is spread in such a way that you have to resort to like a second best option where it's right. like, okay, Not everybody agrees on Biden. Who is everybody's second choice? It's like this weird weighted system where Buttigieg could want to come in second Mm -hmm. on like just the pure vote because if if Biden couldn't get that threshold and they have to go and like remake their case or something like that, uh, he doesn't want to ostracize Biden voters knowing full well that they might have to get behind him. Yeah. So it's more of a consensus building situation. So they get like a short allotted amount of time to convince these people like, Hey, I should be the primary candidate. Um, and then these people go and take their vote. Am I understanding that? No, it's like a literal workshop type process. Like every single county gets together and they're like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And what could happen is that 
if there's 10 candidates to choose from and each of them have 10%, like you have to all come to an agreement on somebody. Okay. That person needs a minimum 15% threshold or something like Chris Cuomo was breaking this down in the, uh, the after debate um, somewhere. I know that there's history majors listening to this right now. And they're like, these guys are mentally Idiots. afflicted. <laughs> like, I said at the top of the podcast, <laughs> I am ignorant when it comes to politics. Oh, and I want to say the same thing for myself. I'm not presenting any of this as fact or whatever. I just enjoy riffing on it, honestly. Same. And I think that it, it is interesting that we always start with Iowa and Iowa sets the tone for so many subsequent state elections, which are a more traditional voting system of like, how many votes did you get? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> What's the news? Yeah. <laughs> so I, we're 19 days away from that. And this was the last debate leading up to that. And anyway, I thought it was interesting. Um, Bernie is too old and kind of demonstrated that at various portions last night. Like uh, Elizabeth Warren at one point goes, I am the uh, I am the only candidate in the last 30 years that Who has lost yeah yeah did you see that part yeah and then do you see what he said no oh bernie like stood his ground he's like i also defeated a republican incumbent and he goes do you know that elizabeth and she was like when was that and he was like it was 1990 and she was like okay oh. bernie that was 30 years ago and like it came on the heels of have you heard the controversy about what her campaign released this week hit me so apparently it, this is really awkward, but Bernie is said to have commented to Elizabeth Warren, I think uh, about three or four years ago, or maybe four or five years ago, that a woman couldn't be president. It wasn't mm. viable. It wasn't feasible that a woman could become president. Um, and so her campaign released this this week or confirmed the rumors and i think that she went so far as to confirm them to the media in the the week leading up to the debate so abby phillips from cnn uh she was on the moderation panel and she asks bernie she says you've been said to have said this um why did you say this do you still feel that way and he was like i never said that you know i just i never said it flat mm -hmm. out and then she turns to Elizabeth Warren and says, Senator, how did it make you feel when Bernie Sanders said that? <laughs> like, it was just like, which reality are yeah. we living in? It was so confusing. And Elizabeth had, she really beast mode at this moment because she was able to not really attack Bernie and just kind of be like, oh, yes, well, well, yeah. and just be like, uh, the only two people on this stage that have won every single election that are they've the ever women. been in are the women. Yeah. But. You know, I don't like Elizabeth Warren. I am a big Klobuchar fan, though. She is just so she's so cool. I really like her. I would totally be down with her winning um, or Pete. Yeah. But uh, Biden and Sanders. So Sanders made the comment about having defeated his Republican incumbent on the heels of having denied the fact that he said that to Elizabeth Warren. And, you know, the moderators going straight back to her and saying, <laughs> so how do you, you feel, feel when he did yeah. say that? And it was like. It was uh, awkward, right. you know? It's like he just refuted this. And I think that what could have happened is, what if he had said to Elizabeth, like, I'm concerned about this particular woman's chances versus this particular man in this time period? Or mm -hmm. what if he had a more qualified statement that 
though it might have illustrated a more antiquated viewpoint, was a very accurate viewpoint. Yeah. You know, maybe that was what happened. And I don't know. It seemed wrong to hit old Bernie on, <laughs> you know, because he's such a, you know, he, I don't think we any of us think he's a bigot in yeah, any way, no, shape or form, means, you know, he means the most well. Yeah, he's great. But, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of answers, per se. He has he's been touting the Got same a lot of questions, general messages. Um, and you know what? He starts the same way that Biden starts every answer off with. Well, the fact of the matter is, you know, Bernie goes. I'm sick and tired of X. And I'm like, at what point are we all going to be like, this old man is just keeps saying I'm sick and tired. It's like you're just sick and tired, man. You're old. Larry David's portrayal of him continues to be more and more valid. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just thought all that was interesting. No real opinions. I just, I'm really excited for Iowa. Um, Cause that's when the rubber starts to hit the road. We start to see which of these candidates like we start to see the real viewpoints because up until now it's been like, hey everybody, everything is going to be free. You're not going to have to work. AOC is going to be president. We're going to live in this la la land. Mm-hmm. And now that it's paring down to like real solutions, real mainstream voters that they're ha- going to have to go after and take votes away from Trump, we're going to see where they really stand on all this stuff. Right. You know, because everybody in the Republican primary starts super right, and then they get progressively more center. And same thing with the left. So mm. should be interesting. We'll see how it all works out. Uh, speaking of Larry David, um, I watched this documentary the other night. I am spacing on what it was called, but i got to bring this up to you. Okay. I'm going to look it up on my Netflix app. And he uh, was a part of it? or He, he was. Uh, you'll never believe this story, dude. It's okay. actually insane. There's a new Aaron Yeah, Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez. That must have I, just come I, out. It did. It came out today. I, I want to. I was probably going to talk about it next podcast because I'll be watching that. Oh, for sure. Crazy story. I definitely want to watch that. So why in the world is it not coming up in my most recent... What was it about? Um... It's about a murder. Hold on one second. Larry David. I should be able to run this search, right? Um, long shot? Yes. Okay, thank you. I'll look that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so long shot is about a man that was arrested for a murder and that he couldn't have he couldn't have committed because he was the Dodger game at the time. Oh, and okay. what was crazy is that he actually goes to jail and his uh, criminal defense attorney just goes hog wild on this defense and he goes back to Dodger stadium. He's trying to review all of the concurrent footage of like whatever was occurring at, at Dodger stadium that night. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to place his client at the stadium at a certain time because a little bit later, uh, somebody related to this, uh, this potential perp was murdered. And I, I can't even remember the circumstances, but, um, as it turns out, that was the night that HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm was shooting scenes at Dodger Stadium during oh, wow. the game. So HBO decided that with the production budgets, they couldn't bring in enough extras to fill the stadium for a specific you know, shot, for instance. <laughs> okay. So they just work out this deal with the media people at Dodger Stadium to allow Larry David and the film crew to come in. And just during the game, like in a section adjacent to the field, they're shooting their show. Well, in the show, 
they showed the murder suspect on the show. What? The scene where Larry David is exiting the stadium, walking up from the field. This guy comes with his small little daughter in a Dodgers um, um, jersey, and he's seen going down his row, and it's it's time-stamped. Like, at a time where it backs up his story, he's freed from prison. Like, he goes free. They're interviewing Larry David about it because in this sea of people and all these concurrent stories and the fact that it was not announced that HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm was there. And at the time, the star power wasn't there either. Like, Larry David was already famous in certain worlds for having been the creator of Seinfeld, but he wasn't necessarily so recognizable potentially. Right. Um, So they specifically didn't tell the crowd and they were trying to work it in where they would like shoot at half innings and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but they were shooting during the live game. And it just so happened that they catch this murder suspect on the actual show. And the way that they unravel this story is just mesmerizing. Like you have, they, oh, I'm gonna, I'll watch that for sure. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing no justice to it in the retelling. Um, I must have watched Dude, it late at night. And if you're familiar with Curb Your Enthusiasm, like that's a very Curb Your Enthusiasm type of situation. Like, isn't that wild? That's amazing. Yeah, I just thought. I remember watching the trailer for the the doc, and it was like this this uh, he was a Latino kind of. Um, a Latino uh, murder suspect. And it looked like this stereotypical documentary that you would see on Netflix. But then Larry David is like, you know, being interviewed and then it's showing him at Dodger stadium, mm-hmm. like exposing the, it was just insane. And yeah. the fact that they were able to get all of the parties together, like after the fact, like the, the documentarian uh, interviews, the murder suspect and the family members and Larry David, and like we're all gathering at a later date to like comment on what occurred. That was just extraordinary. Right. It just shows you like how many things are happening just all around us that come from different perspectives. And we don't know. I don't even know how to articulate it. No, I'm yeah. It's cosmic. It's like, it's insane to think about. I just think about it with people's perceptions and like, I don't know. I think about it with like police and bad guys and different Mm -hmm. things like that, where, you know, they don't know what you were. They know you're speeding right now. They don't know where you're speeding away from. You know what I mean? Like how much more care would we have over certain circumstances or scenarios in our lives? If we knew the people that we were surrounded by, Mm. if we knew the serial killers in our midst, if we knew what that person had been doing even an hour before, right? or what emotional, you know, daily baggage they were bringing into that particular conversation or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. It's like you have to interpret people's momentums during the day and understand when to sell them things mm-hmm. and when to, you know, when to fight that fight. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't have much more to add on that. I'm still sh- like, I'm looking forward to watching that documentary. I'm probably going to check that out as soon as I get home tonight, to be honest, just because that, that story sounds crazy fascinating. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for enlightening me on that one. Um, if you want to stick in the realm of, uh, you know, Netflix or, or film, um, the, Let's see. The Oscar nominees uh, came out this week for the top films. Oh, fill me in. 
Okay. Um, so for best best picture, you have Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. What was it, like two weeks ago that we were saying – what could Netflix get real Oscars and stuff and like, right. look, and the look at them now. now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that great. was such a great film. Um, a lot of great films uh, for these best pictures. I've seen, I, I think six out of, out of the 10. Oh, you're doing good. Um, I just checked out parasite yesterday, which is this uh, Korean film. So you have to read the captions the whole time. Um, but it was a fantastic story hmm. um, just about classism and this family uh, interweaving into this rich family's lives, and they one by one they begin working for them, and they pretend that they're not family members, that they just offhand know each other, and they keep filling in um, all these different positions, like the maid or the the cab driver, and different things like that, and kind of working their way into this family's life to to escape poverty. Um, but it's like this crazy drama that I would highly recommend if you have two and a half hours and you're not going to be on your phone your whole time because you have to read the captions. Hmm. But it was a great, it's great like film. undercover boss for your life <laughs> for a cast yeah. system or something. Um, but it was wild. That's wild. Yeah. Well, that's fun. I'll um, have to check that out. Parasite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was I'm just glad to released... have seen one of the films, you know, cause yeah. I'm so bad with movies anymore that. Anyway. Yeah. I try to check out the big ones. I saw nine, 1917. Um, last week which was also it was one of those movies where it just looks like a continuous shot throughout the whole film like it never uh cuts away they do like little camera tricks uh, like panning uh, around a house or something to take breaks from filming um but the actual film looks like just one continuous shot and it was uh just about a story during world war one um where a, a letter needs to be delivered in order to stop uh, their troops from being ambushed um but also another great film so uh we'll see i don't what's that new i want to see that new film by clint eastwood about the atlanta olympic bombing and how they it's a guy's name i think that it was insinuating that someone got framed or there's some sort of setup like i wanted to see that one uh, I... richard jewell yes that yeah. looks amazing did you see that no i have not okay i really want to watch that um yeah um, so as far as my top picks for the Oscar nominees, I think it would be great to see Parasite win um, just because it's the first Korean film ever nominated. Um, and just in a seat, like, no doubt there were great performances all throughout, like Joaquin Phoenix and Joker was just, you know, super memorable, very good. Um, but Parasite was just like this really good original story. I never saw Jojo Rabbit, but I kind of wanted to. It was about this boy who has an imaginary friend in the in the form of Hitler, and it's just like this. Whoa. It's a it's it's a, it's <laughs> satirical commentary, um, on like the, oh, is the, this on this little German. Uh, no, I don't think so. I believe is so. It? it could be. I think that I saw somebody, um, but like it's about that. this little German boy, and uh, it just kind of pokes fun at like all the propaganda that you know was pushed on them growing up oh you're yeah you're right she's in the film so anyway that one looked interesting so i will be checking that one out sometime in the near future um 
But yeah, definitely recommend 1917, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you're a, uh, uh, I want to see that. I still haven't seen it. I love Quentin Tarantino. Um, all right, you ready for the week's must heard? Oh, we got a must heard from Carson Gibbons. You know, this was one of the big disappointments about last week's episode is that we Ah, totally teased this and then we never talked about it. So hit me with that, Jeff. (laughs) Okay, don't say that again. Um, (laughs) uh, We got some Epstein news for you, folks. Picked up some steam on the steam. There is so it is so funny that CNN literally just posted a headline that goes Jeffrey Epstein allegedly sexually abused girls in the U.S. Virgin Islands through 2018. And I'm looking at the date. I'm like, what? Wednesday, January 15 of 2019? Like, no, duh. Yeah, you're a little late. Apparently, there is a new lawsuit. Um, There's been a lot of updates, actually. But did you see the photos that I don't know how many are leaked and how many were actually, you know, taken professionally or whatever but i have not looked into the story since the last time we went like on a long oh about, snap long man. rant about them so you might want to give it a google because i probably don't have all my facts uh currently but they released uh basically you know that the video service went down in the jail in that wing suspiciously right around the time of the murder or suicide or whatever happened they also found they showed pictures of the cell and he had like 10 uniforms like 10 jumpsuits in the cell there was also never a photo of him taken in the cell at any point but they do have post-mortem photos are there typically photos of people taken in cells i mean typically anytime uh, based on the break uh in his in his head or his jaw or whatever like the the way that he was found and the the trauma to his body the way that he didn't kill himself yeah they would have any person in their right mind would have treated it as a homicide or foul play or something to that effect where they would have photographed the body in its original crime scene you know like you don't move a if if i killed you tonight in my house Mm -hmm. you know they're not going to move you before they photograph you right you know when they come to find you I mean, yeah, I'm liking this part <laughs> when they come to find your body all over my floor. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel bad for last week. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, they found all these uniforms in his cell and like they were trying to conjecture like which which tools he used to like hang himself. And it's also confusing. But anyway, new new lawsuit filed wednesday so epstein created a network of companies and individuals who participated in and conspired with him in a pattern of criminal activity related to the sex trafficking forced labor sexual assault child abuse and sexual servitude Ooh, that one's my favorite (laughs) of these young women and children according to the lawsuit filed by attorney general denise n george the suit filed wednesday alleges that epstein used a system of private planes helicopters boats and vehicles to bring young women and girls to his island residence on Little St. James. There, okay. Maybe what this story is saying is that, first of all, all charges for, like, major racketeering and, you know, conspiracy and a network and all of that is back on the table. Maybe the original ones weren't in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Hmm. Because where was Sex Island? Uh, Where was the island that he owned for this purpose? I have heard um, theories recently 
that isn't that it's the virgin islands okay yeah. maybe it's the same same thing um have you heard that he actually took over for the female um co-henchman's father who really started the system really you know the real like underlying conjecture that jeffrey epstein was an intelligence agent right no or if he wasn't originally an intelligence agent he was an intelligence cooperative that you know he had so much dirt on so many world powers that he couldn't have helped but have been raveled up with the cia and like mm. basically have immunity to act sometimes they let their snitches continue to deal drugs on the street so that they yeah. can find out about the new drugs coming shout out takashi 69 yeah shout out drug dealers everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I've heard recent rumors, granted, I think it was from Eddie Bravo, so consider your sources, but um, recent rumors that, you know, the woman that he was always with. Okay. No, I'm, I'm saying this is critical to the story. No, explain. The woman, look sure. up, look up Epstein woman, like Jillian or whatever her name is. Um, the French woman that was always with him, that was his main handler. Woman pimp? Yes. His, Maxwell? Maxwell, Yes. It's rumored that her father was the real uh, spy or intelligence person that basically started this cult of blackmail where they would either lure you with young women or trap you with women that you didn't necessarily know were underage. But then they would videotape it. They would have ultimate leverage and blackmail power over you. And what I've heard recently is that Epstein simply took over this existing operation for her father, who mm -hmm. she's still on the lamp. Like, nobody knows where she is, by the way. Right. Do you find that odd at all? Yeah, it's super crazy. So she would recruit young women to massage Epstein at least once a day. Um, oh, it was and, like four times a day, actually. It was and then crazy. she introduced him to Prince Andrew, um, which we, we agree that there's probably some shady uh, circumstances in his past regarding this as well. They have uh, evidence about two victims trying to escape. In one case, a 15-year-old victim tried to escape by swimming off Little St. James Island. But the search party located her, took her passport, kept her captive. And the other one, the search party founder, returned her to the house and suggested physical restraint or harm if she failed to cooperate. Dang. Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, but he, this is old news. He registered as a sex offender in the Virgin Islands in 2010. Yeah. Okay. Dude, we're just going to, like, beat around this bush for the next two years. Like, you, you hear breaking news on the Epstein case, and it's like, we still don't quite know, but here's right. a bunch of new evidence that shows that no process was followed <laughs> and that you likely should think that, that there is this some, is corrupt. Something sketchy going on. Yeah, and we're talking about – we were just talking about uh, Prince Harry – we're talking about his uncle, you know, right. having blackmail material on his uncle, as well as Bill Clinton, as well as other just mega powerful people. Yeah, high priority. Uh, just insane. Yeah. So anyway, that news has been swirling around. Wild. <laughs> That's, I wish I, I don't feel like there's anything really conclusive, though. No. You can uh, access. I think that there's a set of photos that are like here are the crime scene photos and then there's like the leaked photos that i don't know where all they're accessible but i think you can actually see him dead after the fact right and see the strains on his neck and different things like that yeah. um but 
yeah, some of the blood vessels that were broken, uh, all at like all underneath his skin would have suggested more like strangulation or something yep. rather than hanging. So I don't really know. It's kind of crazy. Wild. Keep your nose clean, people. This is ridiculous. Um, Sick of all this stuff with like kids. Like I saw right. WFAA had reported something about that they had reported a local person that they'd taken in for child porn on a hard drive. And they said there were 18 terabytes of, it was the largest haul of all time. And they go, just to put that in perspective, like there's this many iPhones in a terabyte. Yeah. It was just, it was gross. Disgusting. Yeah. It was very weird. And speaking of sex traffickers, uh, R. Kelly surviving R. Kelly part two, as began airing on Lifetime. Um, if you kept up in media at all over the past few months, this was probably, what, five months ago maybe, where he did that interview and um, kept kept denying that he had been a part of it and nobody... Which one with Gail King? <laughs> right, he's yeah. like, he just gets up yeah. and he's Y'all yelling. You're killing me! <laughs> Man, forget that guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about him. Um, I mean, I care about what he no, did to people. I, but I only, I, I, only I, br- I only bring it up because it's like, why is there like? I was just gonna say, why is there a part two? Like, we already know he did it, and it, now it's just looking like it. It's almost looking bad on Lifetime's part because it just seems like a cash grab. So yeah, I it's talk, like it's like glorifying it, kind of. I I turned or it sensationalizing. on. Sensationalizing. Yeah, seriously, you gonna let me talk? No. <laughs> So I, I did turn that one on for all of about 45 seconds and immediately turned it off because, and go with me here, like, please don't attack me right off the bat for saying this. Like, we're, extend me the benefit of the doubt, right, B-Rad right. and Weekly Catch-Up Podcast fam. All right. all right? You can't see me, but I'm leaning back in my chair. I'm just going to sit back on this one. It is true that someone needs to have been brutally assaulted or killed, uh, for me to watch whatever program it is that you want me to watch. Like I enjoy documentaries or docu series where, you know, it's like, who's the bad guy who did this bad thing. Like, let's go find him. Let's interview all the law enforcement. Like I enjoy an unraveling of a story that culminates in catching the perp or, you know, the journey up until that point. When I turned on R Kelly, I was like, Oh, Dude's I'm already not, been caught. I'm not looking for actual reflections from living day uh, victims just like sitting. Like, I was like, this is so opportunistic by these filmmakers and gross. And like, these people are experiencing existing pain. Right. At least when you see the teary eyed mom and dad on the couch, like in the documentary, you know that by episode eight, they'll at least have closure in some way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Like, right. these girls, it's like, no, this situation is like almost ongoing for them. And so I just flipped it off. It was opportunistic. It was gross. And honestly, I don't really, I know what that story probably looks like, you know, you know, I get, I'm guessing he wasn't targeting mega affluent girls with other options, right? Oh, were they young? Yeah. Like this is a tale as old as time. Men, like to trap women financially um, in all sorts of different ways. And it's, it's gross and um, it's all to varying degrees, but there's nothing special about what he was able to accomplish or, you know, honestly, and I don't mean this, this is going to sound weird, but I mean, the Epstein story is much more compelling because it's like, at least there's 
planes, trains, and ships, and automobiles, and secret sex politicians islands, and, you know, and politicians, princes. and blackmail, and video, and like all of this stuff. R. Kelly, it's just like, yeah, oh, it's... an illiterate Chicago native with a good voice makes it an R&B and ends up having a horde of like underage, also illiterate sexual slaves of sorts. Like that's not very, that's gross. Right. You know, throw them in the can, throw away the key. Don't make the doc. Yeah. He hasn't made a hit in quite a while. I you know, so I, I don't know. And just his reaction to that on that Gail King interview was just, I don't know. I was just kind of like, sit down, dude. Yeah. Like. He looked like a man that was desperate and fighting for his life as, you know, he should be. And, but and just he, not intelligent. Again, he should, you know, rightfully be locked away. It's crazy that he made it to where he did in life with the set of constraints that he has. Yeah. <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> like, can you imagine going through the world and not being able to read any of the signs? Dude. To read a pamphlet? To I mean, it's worked out for, it's worked out for Floyd Mayweather. Like. <laughs> Like, I mean, if you're good at yeah, what you do, get so get yeah, so rich get so and jacked. famous that somebody else take, drives take for a you, couple hits, books flights for you, and yeah, no, that would re be a tough reads life. on your behalf. I didn't realize that Floyd was illiterate. Oh yeah, that's like a huge. Oh wow, thing. he's yeah, but he's got so much money. Yeah, like he makes R. Kelly, I'm sure, look like a pauper. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, oh my goodness, how much did he get paid for that McGregor fight? Um, I'll look it up. It was like. Wasn't it like $300 million for one night and all the training and granted he had, they both had to create their brand for years leading up to that fight to command that type of pay-per-view payout. But still, that's just insane, dude. Mayweather's guaranteed disclosed paycheck was a hundred million dollars. Okay. Um, Plus some back in them. However, sure. it looks like he earned basically 275 million total. Oh wild that's insane yeah. that's awesome i should have put down the books when i was younger <laughs> <laughs> yeah just started boxing or something i guess <laughs> less poetry more oh i know big words and i get paid a teacher salary great <laughs> i mean you wouldn't have made it I as know. a fighter i know not with All that right. face not with that beautiful mug i All right. thanks bro you're welcome um what else you got dude you want to carry me at all um i mean i did the oscar noms <laughs> um oh i got an intro <laughs> that's just lazy podcasting folks <laughs> i got one that uh kind of caught my eye um justin bieber have you heard his new single I, was like, I thought you were about to ask me, have you heard of Justin Bieber? I'm like, no, yeah. I've been under a rock for 20 yeah, years. This young gentleman um, with a creepy mustache these days. Yeah. Anyway. What about him? His new song, Yummy. Okay. Uh, I already don't like it. <laughs> yeah. It either came out last week or the week before. Yummy. So, to some people, yummy is as bad as moist. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> just to give you like the little chorus i'm not going to sing it but i'll give you the lyrics it's you've got that yummy yum that yummy yum that yummy yum yummy all right compelling stuff there did anyway, r kelly write that for him uh, <laughs> very well could have been nah, he doesn't have a younger sister i don't think who's he with now um Haley baldwin i think how do we know her i don't other than I only saw her name because I looked up more stuff for the story. Um, Good to see him chill out. 
no more eggs all over well, houses and yeah you know but now he's being a little bit desperate um so whenever he released the song he posted on his instagram um kind of directions for his fans and listeners and i'll just read off some of some of the advice that he gives uh to his fans so he says you can go on spotify and 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 he made this all like drawn up with artwork and everything um it says create a playlist with yummy on repeat and stream it don't mute it play it at low volume let it play while you sleep if you are not from the u.s you can download it via app set the vpn to u.s and then create a spotify account and then on iTunes, buy the song on iTunes, buy the song multiple times on Justin's website. Then, remember, this is Justin's comeback. And if we all come together, we can give him his sixth number one on the uh, Hot 100, uh, Billboard's Hot 100. So share this post with everyone you know. Let's do this. What in the world? That That's from his account? What, that's from his. Where was that it, posted? On Instagram. What a what? Yeah. <laughs> Is Justin in trouble? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. He's more desperate than the porn star from last week. Like, what in the world? Yo, crazy. That's so weird. It, this isn't a, a GoFundMe. It's like, if we react to your song positively and we go out and purchase it, that's what makes it a number one. Not if you, <laughs> like, this isn't like a, like, Stream let's Stream it while you sleep. What in the world? That's not going to get into my subconscious. No, thank you. Well, and why is he having you set your VPN for the U.S.? Like, why is he only concerned about because if you're out US of the, well, because he wants to get the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S. Okay, it's like a huge deal to him apparently. So what's he doing? Like doing paid search Google ads, like <laughs> new hot music, and he's like, yeah. go stream this one. <laughs> um, but for me, the icing on the cake is he did not get the number one song of the week. He did not land on number one on the Hot 100. Okay. Roddy Rich did with his Ooh. song, The Box. Nice. Yeah, which is a super catchy song. Super happy for him. And this song by Roddy Rich, it was not even like well promoted. It was not a single off of his new album. It was just a random song that had picked up steam um, from the app TikTok, which is like popular with the kids. And people have been doing like uh, funny videos and stuff to the song. Um, but yeah, so that landed at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and uh, good Justin Bieber had like kind of tweeted out. It almost seemed like a passive aggressive, um, like congratulatory thing, like "Oh, congrats on your first uh, number one." Um, I wish I'll try to find it here in a bit. Um, the actual tweet that he sent out, but um, how weird! <laughs> and then Roddy Rich just tweeted out. Uh, stream Justin Bieber's Yummy. <laughs> this is like a little Following instructions, yeah, bro. A little shot back. Um, but I just thought that was great. And how, like, it was pretty, to me, Justin Bieber's like a really, I mean, to everyone, he's a really successful singer and, and everything. So he, it all, it's just kind of pathetic for him to have to post something like that. Well, and I'm not one of those liars. I'm not one of those, you know, lying men that are going to sit here and say like, oh, I don't like his music because I do. Like, I, I would listen to it if it's a good song, but if you're having to plug it to that extent, I think it's just an illustration that the best things in life that take off are organic and, yep. you know, to see Roddy Rich just pull something out of the catalog, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and man. This was the throwaway for TikTok, and now it's number one. 
and you know he doesn't have nearly the walking around cred that jb not does. at all so that's that's pretty funny but i did check out the album after all this came out from roddy rich and if you're into rap like it's a solid album oh yeah i love um, roddy rich anyway so i found the tweet justin bieber said thanks everyone so thankful yummy hashtag yummy roddy rich you had to go and make a banger shake my head haha ha, you're the man love the song congrats on your first number one everyone go stream the box which is roddy rich's number one song i, I don't think that was wrong it, unless he did he capitalize first or uh no uppercase the whole if he but, didn't then that's not a problem that, that's a nice little that tweet. Tw- that tweet in itself isn't a problem but i just feel like the links that he went through to try to get his song number one and then yeah, but then he, he congratulated, like, and he did it in a real way. He wasn't like, congrats on your thing. It was like, man, you had to go and do this, SMH. You know, like, that that makes sense. Like, that's what I would say to you, you know? Like, right, if, if we're fair. in a good-spirited um, race or competition, like, you want to win. But then you, you said, man, you had to go and, like, do better than me, huh? You know, yeah. like, you know how guys do. But I don't think that's a huge problem. That sounds more genuine. It almost sounds like but- he has this precautious or overly cautious, like, hovering team around him that's like if if justin doesn't get another number one this week he might kill himself like Um, that's what it sounds like yeah i guess okay so like his latest post on instagram is just a screenshot of a tweet from this account called chart data which you know gathers a bunch of musicians and the the records that they break and so he's posting this on instagram that says justin bieber is the first artist in history to rank at number one on the hot r&b songs and hot country songs uh which he did a remix of Ten Thousand hours um and he he charted on the r&b and country list in the same week and so i just feel like he's trying to gain all this clout which he should feel like he already has it's like why is he working so hard to convince us of his talent am i missing something here like why is he talking in third person on his instagram like no 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 sorry no so i said he took a screenshot from that account so i'm just reading what that account had tweeted uh okay well if he's not writing that about himself you make it sound like some of them are like his team posting on his behalf and then others are like you know, tweets by JB or tag JB. He is one instance. of the most, he is one of the top selling artists ever. Like he should not have to go through all of this to convince us to listen to a song is all I'm trying to get. W- at. Will you show me real quick? Will you just bring it up? Cause which one the- I've intentionally not looked at the tweets or the, I mean, the IG posts just to see kind of if hearing it, mm-hmm. you know, just verbally, yeah. If I feel the same it's way, like, why does he feel the need to tweet uh, to post that photo on his Instagram of that tweet? Probably a slow week. Yeah, because everybody's listening to the box. What What's up with his account? Why isn't it just like a bunch of photos of him out on islands, like living a beautiful life? Like this Instagram sucks. Yeah, that's so weird. It's like, well, he he took some time off from music, and so this is. Sup- like, they're making it seem like this is his big comeback. It's like, if you had to just release your song and been like, hey, guys, I'm back, I feel like he would have been welcomed a lot more easily than going through everything that he had done. Well, I mean, it's like what we talked about with Lizzo, where it's like she doesn't know our perception of her. I'm positive Jay Beavs has more of a conclusive idea of what we think about him. But, you know, he could take a two-year hiatus, three-year hiatus from music, and he could come back and you know, we'd bump the hottest star of the time to like have him perform or something like he's, he's already legend status. We're like, you know, he'll be on the countdown, the new year's Eve, the rest of his life. Like yeah. he's fine. 
So I, I'm with you. Like, I don't understand quite why he's so thirsty. At the same time, he's still pretty young. And like, man, when I think back on my social media history, it's like how many self-aggrandizing posts have there been or angry posts or whatever there may be, you know? Right. And the way that you present stuff that you're working on, uh, it's difficult it's been difficult for me to sometimes be genuine about it. Um, not with, not with this podcast, but I've tried with, with our promotion of it, for instance, to not go overboard, if anything, to be maybe more understated. And, um, you know, if you want to listen, like, uh, I don't want to force it down anybody's throat. That's the worst thing I could think of or do. Like, I want to be tickled if you listen to it. And if you don't like it, I've had multiple people say, Hey man, I I tried listening to your pod, like business friends or just, you know, old, older married men or whatever it is, you know? And I'm like, Oh, probably not your cup of tea. Right. And they're like, no. And <laughs> I'm like, really. that's totally fine. Like, yeah. appreciate you giving it a listen, but you know, I'll let you know when I make one for you, <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. no big deal. So I don't know. It's just sometimes you're, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just interesting. He's, I thought he was better than that. That's all. Um, but you, Maybe if he feels a little cut off or secluded and he feels like, you know, if he's going and looking at all the new rising stars and like he might be dealing with like he is aging out of like, you know, celebrity is really 15 to 25. Yeah. You know, and if he's aging out of that and seeing a Roddy Rich come in and like with no promotion, with no nothing, you know, scaling to these new heights. Okay, if you're that concerned about it, don't come out with a song that just tells me you're yummy, 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 yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> come on. <laughs> like you make a good song, we'll listen. <laughs> Who produced it? Like Molly Mall? <laughs> I don't know. Uh DJ Khaled. Um I don't like DJ Khaled as much anymore either. Um I don't either. He kinda got annoying. Yeah. He made a lot of money. Yeah. He is the ultimate hustle story. Yeah. I respect him in that regard, but just as like a celebrity that I want to listen to, he's not the one. But he's one of those big DJ promoters that made the transition and made it big. Like I think yeah. among the biggest is probably Diddy, you know, because mm-hmm. he, oh, yeah, he was just a party promoter Diddy's on another level. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you follow any of his social stuff? Yeah. Sometimes Tom Segura and uh, Christina Pajitsky will mm-hmm. totally raz on him. Like whenever he did the, Hey y'all it's Diddy text me. Yeah. Like they let him have it on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, like I said, Diddy is on a different platform, man. He's one of the biggest legends. Like him, Dr. J, Jay-Z. Like, they're, they're upper echelon. Um, Anything else on that? On rap or music or whatever? Did you just put Diddy and Jay-Z in the same category? Yeah. Like, in what sense? In the sense that they both had, like, uh, record labels that were highly successful they still do um the fact that they've gone on to do other ventures besides creating music themselves like they're just okay you're you're comparing the businessmen yeah okay i thought you were trying to record uh, to compare the recording artists or something and i no, was like no, no, what no. yeah uh the catalog disparity between the two of those is dramatic yeah we would say jay-z is better correct yes okay, like just, how is this just making even, i don't know i'm just you're just making sure weird stuff you're like <laughs> hey the sky is up today right <laughs> yeah, i'm just I'm like, making sure watch the throne or hello uh, yeah sometimes i don't good morning <laughs> <laughs> diddy does some great like 
hype me up, go to the club type music, yeah. but like it's not it's not deep, you know, it's right. not it's not no church in the wild or anything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Anyway. I'm with you. Um the last thing that I have written down, which could branch off into a longer discussion, just stick with me here, is that Vanessa Hudgens of, you know, Disney fame, high school musical, um, and then she also was in the um Oscar nominated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, was she? Yeah. Huh. Um her and her boyfriend of eight years broke up uh today. Good that makes me feel so old because I'm like I'm like uh <laughs> I still remember her with Zach Efron, dude. Yeah. And there's been another guy for eight years since <laughs> right, then. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they dated for almost eight years. She's thirty one now. Mm. Um and I just thought that, like, it just got me thinking. I don't really have much more to say about. I love how that's going to spurn the long conversation. Yeah, right. Well, I, you know, I'm just trying to think of more topics that you and I can talk about. What um, What is it about Vanessa? Life. Well, and, it's not and, even really about her. It's thinking that you had been in this relationship for eight years and now you're calling it off like they never, they didn't get engaged. They didn't get, you know, married. They didn't have kids. Like they, after eight years, they're calling it off and have like nothing i guess visible to show for it actually yeah we could get into a round hole with this one because I, I thought about that a lot in certain ways because there have been times in my life where i've thought i've been resigned to like you know my friends and family are gonna be constant to a certain extent and i'm gonna have to cultivate what i need to cultivate but like at certain points of my life i'm not saying that this is the case right now per se but um I've been okay with like people kind of coming and going in your life. And like, I've yeah. seen how it's, it's natural with friends. Like, you know, they, they, they don't quit being your friends. They just, they take up a different time burden or responsibilities burden in your life. And I don't know. I have I totally to... agree with that. Do you, but you don't think it's different whenever it comes to like a significant other, like, cause well, that's, I feel what like you're... that's what I'm saying is that in younger years, I, I didn't think that I, I didn't know that I had a problem with that per se. I, I remember in younger years thinking I could meet a new one every two years and mm -hmm. be happy, you know, yeah. like, and, and who knows, like I'm for some people that might work. Um, but it is interesting, especially from the, the female perspective, I think like, I think that it's, it's a feminine, uh, perspective. I shouldn't even comment on this, but I imagine that you know, a man's 30 is not a woman's 30 in certain ways. And I don't mean that from like a career perspective or worth or anything like that. I just mean in yeah. like if you are going to family plan or, or whatever the case may be, biology is kicking in to a certain extent. Call me, call me whatever you want to call me. But that's just that's no, what that's, I've observed yeah. in my life is that women typically get a little bit more serious about dating, about where is this going? What can I expect from this? What are we building towards as they get older that rather than younger? Um, but it, it seems like you're definitely in the camp of like, you just think it's eight years wasted. Is no, that... well, it's not even that I'm more thinking on the, on the strain of you lasted for eight years. Like what was the final straw? Like, how do you know when enough is enough? Cause it's like, it's one, like every couple, every relationship, you know, whether it's your significant other, family, friends, whatever it might be, there 
the longer you know each other, there's definitely going to be some rocky moments. And so what does it take for you to finally decide after eight years that you're going to call it quits, you know, like, I think more and more it comes down to, are you, are you complimenting each other in the way that you both want to live and thrive? Like, I think that sometimes, you know, I'm guessing that they both came out with a great joint statement. Like we want to remain friends and supportive of each other. And like, I'm guessing that there was all of that. And a it source, been... a, a source tells them they're just shooting on two different continents and it's a matter of distance. There's no bad blood at all. And they have a lot of respect for each other. Exactly. So I guess my point being that ultimately it is a choice and, yeah. you know, all the, you're not going to have the same level of butterflies at all times. Right. And um, at a certain point for men and for women, I think this is more personality driven even than gender driven. Sometimes people want what they can't have. And once they realize that they have somebody, they're almost disappointed by it mm -hmm. or they're like, okay, well, they, like they respect it less or it's not as much of a thing that they have to actively work for in their life. And I think that it is interesting. Like if you're leveling up in every area of your life and your partner isn't, mm -hmm. that can be an issue. Yeah, and it, sure. it can come down to what if he had destructive habits that were going to, she realized that she was going to be influenced by them and that those destructive habits were going to lead to a shorter lifespan for mm -hmm. him or less earning capability. Like it really comes down to like real coupling and like you, if, if they're both in the same industry and it complements each other's careers yeah. and lives, maybe it works. But what if they be, they both become so big or both become the, the A-list breadwinner that they both need people in supporting actor or actress roles to them. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Sometimes yeah. there's a supporter, sometimes there's a an alpha, and it, okay. it can be irregardless of gender role, for instance, but people grow in and out of each other's lives, and I do think that more people should break up whenever they're experiencing that with no hard feelings. Like, yeah. you shouldn't... You... So, but do you break up at the first sign of that? Like, like, what would you say is the reasonable time to, like, try to hang on, and then if it's not working out, to let go? I mean, to each their own, we right, don't really right. know what's going on here. It could be no. that one of them is cozied up to a really <laughs> sexy co-star who is on the same continent. Yeah, on and the that's, same why, set. that's why I want to kind of stray away from like the celebrity aspect of it and just talk like normalize like. But it doesn't matter for celebrities. What if, um, you know, you're you're kind of semi long distance, not really, but, you know, it's not a daily occurrence that you see your GF. Yeah. What happens if school hires a 25 year old teacher next year and she's six foot blonde gorgeous and Gwyneth Paltrow is her mother or something you know like okay I'm just throwing out scenarios where you know what if there's a new doctor that starts at her hospital and he's just literally what if McSteamy starts they're gonna, they're gonna make a documentary about me <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like he wasn't at Dodger <laughs> yeah. Stadium yeah catch me on curb your enthusiasm <laughs> like he was dead on my floor after the podcast <laughs> oh man uh, no but I I don't I don't think that people take off at the first sign of that when they've been in it for that long yeah I think it's a more especially in this scenario where it has to hit the media and be really official mm -hmm. or whatever but I think that the more mature you are, 
the slower to judgment, anger, yeah. all of that you'll be. But often successful people are very quick with decision making mm -hmm. and that's what assists them. So at the point that you've decided that you need to move on, you better just do it, just, I guess. But yeah. um, okay. So, but you feel, do you feel like, do you feel like it's a waste if you had a lot of fun? No, over I don't those think, eight I years don't think it's you a met all of these new people and had all these new experiences. I'm the, and now I'm, you're just not going to be in as close communication with that person. Yeah. I'm the cheesy, like cliche. I wouldn't change a thing because it brought me, it made me who I am today. Like I, I don't have, there are mistakes that I've made, but like, I'm really happy with how my life is currently. And I, I wouldn't want to be on a different uh, trajectory. Um, my question to you is kind of stemming off of this. Do you think people our age are more the same or less in intentional in relationships than previous generations? Hmm. Um, Whenever it comes to dating and like who we date and how we handle the relationships, would you say like. It would seem that way. Just um, as a whole. It would seem that way largely because uh, technology has made it to where. Uh, we can be lazy. We can reinvent ourselves daily. You can be incredibly picky. You can be incredibly there's picky. So, there's so many different things at your fingertips. We've we've touched on that a little. It reduces, um, first of all, any girls listening to this podcast that are on dating apps. Like, the guy that you just matched with, he's never seen your face. Yeah. Like, it was a speed round, okay? <laughs> Men have set up little robots to just swipe right on everything because... We all know in sales, it takes 100 calls to produce 20 meetings, to produce 10 proposals, to produce one sale. So mm. do the math on the dating pool, you know, understand what men are really after, at least initially and all the time. <laughs> but so what he's trying to say is there's a chance. Listen, I'm going to a wedding in March where the bio on the, the not.com, their profile, literally says, uh, she insists that her swipe right was drunken and he insists that it was a speed round. Mm. So they were really real and upfront about that, but they ended up, that's how I've seen online dating really work is right. when you're like, man, screw this. I'm so over this. I'm about to delete the app, but this and guy, find he, he's not the person. best looking guy in the, the profile pic, but what the heck? I'll, I feel fat today, but I'm going to go to the yeah. bar and like have happy hour with yeah. him. And that's the guy that you end up moving in with, you know? Like it's when you let your guard down and you just want you're more collaborative with people. Right. But I think that for men, at least for me, I, I'm a very visual person and the the part that I never got along well with, like I've never been a big online dater. Right. I've never in even in my single days and younger days and all of this, like was never I was always much more successful in real life because I took it seriously. Yeah. I felt like online dating was creepy to a certain extent and there was no way that it could encapsulate my personality. Like I was like, these pictures don't show you how much emotional intelligence <laughs> I have and what yeah. a great conversationalist I'm going to be for you. <laughs> right. You know, like, but you know, for how me, is this selfie going to prove how loyal I am? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've never, you know, waxed eloquent about my loyalty. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... speaking more on, on my behalf. Yeah. <laughs> that make, makes me sound really bad, but don't infer that in any negative <laughs> yeah, way, no, audience. But um, no, I, I'm just saying like, I wasn't, I didn't take you as seriously as a dating partner. If I met you through online dating yeah. versus real life, or 
better yet, if I already knew some of the infrastructure that was surrounding you, like mm-hmm. wh- who's the man that's going to be most likely to treat you well and with respect? It's the men, man that knows that you could talk to mutual peers or loved ones about his treatment of you. Yeah. You know, you want somebody that's going to treat you right? Go find your oldest family friend, you know, <laughs> that whose mother knows your mother, like right. that type of thing. Um, what was your original question? Oh, are we less uh, serious are, or intentional? Are we more or less intentional than you think? A you couple know, things. Previous? Yes, technology has rendered it to where, you know, men, especially men that are successful, um, can be really successful. Um, right. And plus, we have self promotion tools like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram where, you know, men can, the same way that a girl can throw out the selfie or the duck lip selfie or yeah. the, just woke up shot or whatever it is and expect to get 10 dms off of that a man can do that with his yacht with his ferrari (laughs) with you know whichever celebrity it is that he ran into at dinner um where he's checked in in a suit or you know there's different ways to stunt for either gender and so there's that aspect and then i think that there's a, a socioeconomic aspect as well where careers have changed it used to be you grew up in your small town you got your factory job that you know maybe your dad had worked at for 40 years and then you worked there for 40 years Mm -hmm. and it you know there was no internet it was the rule of 150 you could only know 150 people generally and you were only going to go as far as the next town over to find somebody and you better have a mutual contact with them because there wasn't even cell phones right you know so you didn't know about your options like the the decisions that our parents had to make they weren't aware of their optionality because it, it wasn't an option for them at the time our options have exploded technology has exploded think about how many different applications i can install right now to access women in a particular age demo within a mile radius and you think that makes us more intentional less intentional okay okay because I was about to, yeah. Optionality makes I'm people depressed and it leads to staggered decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think when you couple that with the fact that we're likely going to have seven, eight, ten careers in our lives, not even jobs, like kind of careers, you know, like yeah. it, that's insane. Uh, remote work, the our ability to travel around the country and the world doing remote work, freelance, work from home. People are working from mod vans and boats and mm-hmm tents and all sorts of weird stuff um you know i think it is harder to be intentional and coupled because i know in my own personal scenarios like the the times that i feel most generous or giving or willing to give of myself romantically are times of fiscal abundance you know like until that part is taken care of i'm like I'm not really sure why you're messing with me. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, I don't want you for your money or whatever. And it's like, well, you should. I know, but I want you to have me for my money. So, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> or at least, yeah, I, I feel very out of control when it comes to watching two young kids struggle to make it together. <laughs> like that part really unnerves me. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's also, it's been stressed to me <laughs> growing up. Like you should make it with somebody, you know, like, yeah. um, relationships that happen after you make it maybe they're not as genuine or maybe they don't know the track record in the story but i mean think about it i'm already 30 you know like i don't know what's your take on it um are your kids on dating apps yeah some 
Are they just like matching? I mean, with you have to understand. Like, I, I have I have old students that I can I still consider like quote unquote my kids that are now in in college, and yeah, they they use dating apps. You know what's wild is that when I started college in two thousand eight full time, uh, there there might have been Match or eHarmony. Yeah, but there was no Tinder and Bumble and no. Uh, I think I I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like hinge is the new yes big one for like normal there's always been like where the normal hot people go like where the mainstream is and it was tender for a long time and then it was bumble Bumble, and and now it's hinge so i remember hinge whenever it was like in beta and it connected you with a facebook person that was based on mutual contacts but it wasn't your friend oh okay it would it would like it called through your digital footprint yeah. and matched you with people around you that we would have a, a friend in, in mutual or in tandem, mm-hmm. uh, in common. I mean, yeah. So it's like somebody could vouch for us. I don't think that's the criterion anymore. No, it wasn't. Uh, I'll be honest. Whenever I was in Maryland, like I didn't know a lot of people out there, so I, I was using it. Which one hinge? Yeah. What, what, how does it work? Uh, you can, Unlike Bumble that just uses like your location, you can actually pinpoint where you live or or where you are going to be traveling to and you can meet with people in that area. (laughs) Yeah, so you're asking me about intentionality. I can set an out of office for my girls and then, hey, I'm going to be traveling to this market. So ready women for me there. Like, okay, yeah, intentionality is going down. Give me a break. Yeah. Dude, but the, not everybody's using that and not everybody's using it for that purpose. I will say that. Like I never used it for that purpose. I will say one of the most fun um, situations that I had ever been in, in any of these circumstances, which dude, my, my dating experience online is so limited. I really feel I've run into more girls in IRL, like in real yeah. life that I've matched with and not like followed up with. I've run into them at more, you know, um, Oktoberfests and parties yeah. or whatever it is out on the town. I've run into them more than I've actually physically gone and met up with them under real pretense of plans. Yeah. I think I've only met up with one girl ever based off that one or two. So you and I, back whenever I was living in Dallas, uh, we had gone out and uh, we we met some girls and we ended up talking with them and exchange story you about to tell <laughs> and we exchanged numbers it was the girls that were dressed up in uh footy pajamas <laughs> 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 yeah and uh one of those girl the girl that i ended up you know talking with had <laughs> been best friends with a girl that i had met on a dating app and had gone out with a week prior oh wow yeah i remember you calling me about that mine ended up being an influencer with a blog and like thousands of Instagram followers. And like, I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll never forget that. These two girls walked into that bar with a uh, literal footed pajamas on. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say about the most fun experience and all of that, all of those situations was we did, it was almost like online dating, but not, it was this thing called grouper. Did you ever hear about this? No. Okay. So it's been sunset. Um, it's no longer around, but it used to be right. This was back in like 2012 type situation. Um, I was brand new back to Dallas, you know, in my first real job, 
uh, I'd met John and John had set up this situation. I probably shouldn't even say his name. But, <laughs> uh, a friend had set up this situation with Grouper. John Doe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His sister's Jane Doe. <laughs> um, so what it does, Grouper was the service out of New York that was half like physical in real life, half digital. And what they would do is they would set up group dates where you would have a wingman, or I'm sorry, you would have your your main man, your main bro, and then your main uh, girl. And then she would have wing women and the guy would have wing men. And they would basically tailor it for the preferences of the main guy and the main girl. And what they would do is they would call through your Facebook and they would match you with people that were outside of your network. You were guaranteed to have never met them. But you'd likely been to the same watering holes, the same mm. restaurants, the same nightlife spots. Maybe you take the same trolley or take the same exit. Like they were people that you would happen into at some point in Kroger or something, but not of your own volition. So it would basically send the wingmen and the wing women to a common destination and the restaurant or the bar would be in on it. So at this time it was um, it was one of the bars over in State Thomas that this was like two or three bars ago in the same location. That's how old I am. Um, so it would say, everybody show up at seven, have a great time. And then your waiter would come over and he would say, okay, welcome to your first grouper. I'm XYZ. Your first drink is on us. You all need to stay and complete the drink and have civil, amazing conversations with each other. What you do after that is up to you. And it was just really interesting because not only did you have to perform, but yeah. your group had to perform because right. I went on two groupers ever. And the first one was amazing. <laughs> the second one was sabotaged by I one want, of the wingmen. I want to hear the sabotage. Oh, one. man. He just was like, oh, he was, I don't know what he did. Do I know this guy? Yes, you do. <laughs> Are you not going to say his name? Um, Actually, he wouldn't care at all. It was Jay Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jay Rodriguez. Uh, Shout out, Jay. You know, Jay Rodriguez has one of my favorite mouths of all time. Like, he just... <laughs> He is a firecracker and a half and he's just talking smack and he was, yeah, yeah. he really did a number and um, they left quite offended. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had some choice words for our boy Jay that night, but oh, man. he was also a, a member of the successful Super Bowl winning t team the first time. So oh, there you go. <laughs> it was hard to, well, I'm like, all right, everybody, we're batting 500 here. So well, I, I know as we've seen this week, Brady can't win them all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's all about giving yourself opportunities. That's folks. right. But that was that combination of like, it was totally out of your hands. Like I had no part in it, you know, like they would, the, the main man would like designate the wingman and they would call through all of your social and do all of that. But it wasn't set up by you through social or through an app. It was, I don't know, just the human touch to it was really exciting and fun and kind of more like safeguards on it. Like, because yeah. you could all kind of as a group be like, well, this is kind of creepy, right? Like, how are we going to do this? And then the other big thing is they're sending three girls and three guys. You don't know who gets who. Right. That that was also <laughs> one of the hardest parts. <laughs> it was like if both of you locked on the same person. Yeah. And what I found is that in any group of three guys and three girls, you got your preferences. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> sometimes it's like, okay, well, this is a height situation. So yes, the, uh, the tallest one is 
the homeliest one, but <laughs> you know, you're the only one that's taller than her. So <laughs> it, sometimes it was just process of elimination. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you're just grateful for what you get, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think footed pajamas were our first choice that night. I nah. think we were like, hey, if we met some girls in normal, respectable going out clothes, that, that'd be good. But yeah, <laughs> but girls in footed pajamas, they want to chat down on pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I All suppose right, no, that'll no work too. <laughs> they were fun. Whatever. Yeah. They were fun. Um, I did make a comment when we first saw them. I'm like, this is how every episode of every like murder mystery show starts. Like two girls in pajamas walk into a bar like, but they were just so friendly. They, they, they advanced on us. So yeah. nothing we could do. Yep. Anyway, you want to get us out of this conversation real quick? Um, and get us out of this episode or uh, yeah, let's start to, let's go to shout outs. All right. Uh, shout out. Uh, again, we had mentioned uh, Cameron Burks last episode, my old roommate. Um, oh, yeah, he had his uh, baby party, right? Yeah, his, his two-year-old daughter. Um, and so that was a blast. They got to meet my girlfriend, which was important to me. So shout out to Cameron and Natalie. And Cameron, I know you're going to end up listening to this one. So we just uh, appreciate your listens. And then also uh, Heston gave us some shout outs this week. Some funny tweets. Yeah. And Thinking I mean, about Heston doubling over in a gym. Anybody on AirPods, like, yeah. listening in a public place and guffawing is kind of what I live for at this point. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, shout out Heston. Shout out Michael Denny. He's been supporting yeah, me through some unspoken prayer requests and um, just been an awesome accountability partner and been making spreadsheets for me to track atomic habits and all of this stuff in the new year so shout out to him greatly appreciate that we went we went shooting at the range with uh, some of the boys on sunday grabbed some brunch and actually had my shout out to all my work people um i hope that they don't listen to this but (laughs) we had our first uh we had our ball humbug party um sunday actually and that was fun because we got to go out to uh, Bishop Cidercade is a fun is a fun location. So you can go in okay. and it's a you pay admission and they have just every game in the world, every arcade game ever, like fifty eight different variations of pinball. And then they have all these like ciders that they actually make on site, so you can actually go see the the brewery or whatever mm-hmm. it would be called um, for ciders. And I don't know, we just had a great we had a great time. I won skee ball with Ooh. a score of four ten. On a machine that wouldn't log the hundreds. Oh. So that was all fitties, buddy. Wow. And, and a forty. You get like five tickets off of that? Uh there were no t- there's no tickets. Oh. What I did get was uh the big boss man had come back from Bonaire and they'd brought back some custom cactus squeezed liqueur that is famous on this island. And I won that as part of the ski ball championship. Okay, well, there goes my little joke about your five tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> this ain't Chuck E. Cheese, brah. Um, shout out to, uh, you know, my mom actually said that she had been listening. So yeah, shout out to her if, if she ends up listening to this one too. Shout out to your dad from my perspective because yeah. I was telling you, uh, I think it was before the podcast. I that... shared some texts with you from him. Yeah, like, and just, it, it feels like he knows me, like has this, like innate understanding of I don't know, it's so weird how people can listen to the podcast and you yeah. know 
work through their own children's relationships or their loved ones relationships and form their own as a result. And it's just, yeah, I loved all his feedback. What did he call us? The modern day Andy, Andy Griffith, Griffith show? show. Yeah. He called me Barney Fife. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. Like on the one hand, Don Knotts certified pimp. Yeah. On the other well, hand, Barney Fife. He just meant that like I'm the guy that plays it straight, and then you're the one that gives me the hard time. Are you? Are you though? Are you the straight guy in this relationship? Aren't I? I don't know. Last week you were just like, "Hey, what do you think about fundraising through?" <laughs> but X? it's like, <laughs> like I set it up though, and then you would knock them down. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe. I yeah. Don't know. I'm not convinced of our roles. I sometimes I feel like we switch hats week to week. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes after a really serious episode where like my shoulders are just up to my ears because I'm so tense, um, then I listen afterwards and I'm like, you know what? That actually wasn't bad. And I could have relaxed a little bit more. And that's how I'm feeling this week. Like, I know I could, yeah. I know I could have relaxed <laughs> last week. Uh, we just went through two right. years of conquests on the town and we're like, ah, oh, we're comfortable with it. <laughs> well, they're just dates, man. Just dates. I, yeah, I can I can share dates that start in PJs. <laughs> I can I can share some some of those some other time. Any any other shout outs? You got any uh you got any commands for how people should stream this episode like J Beebs? <laughs> Everybody, uh just yeah, set it up you can on stream repeat. this while you sleep and don't put it on mute. That would be great. Share it, like it, retweet it, rate it. Subscribe. You can actually put this on repeat, so once it's over, it'll just start over again. Yeah, if you listen to us on one platform, if you could just start listening to us on all of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, play us on your computer through YouTube, your phone on on Apple Podcasts. If you make them all go in unison, we're just really loud and yeah, everywhere. That's like free surround sound. One day we'll just be walking through the streets and we'll just be like, hey, it's the weekly catch up. Yeah. So if we could like double our listens this episode by you doing that. Yeah. Let's double listens with the same number of unique listeners. We're trying to hit the hot 100. That, that being said, uh, this is episode 15, a little bit of a milestone. Um, we're hey, talking about how many hours have we logged? 20. This will be 25 now because we have over a day's worth of content now. That's crazy that if you started episode one and listened to this one, it would be tomorrow at this time. Like, yeah. and then some. That That is, I mean, we're ready for like a trucker to start digesting <laughs> us on a cross country right, route, you know, just all methed out trying to I tell make you what them yeah. boys are yeah. funny uh when i get to dallas i'm gonna pull over and see if i can't find this here podcast studio them boys are funny i like their stories the way they tiptoe around pretend like they don't swear they don't do nothing it's just my favorite reminds me of my childhood oh they really do know a lot about them politics those boys are making airwaves for their mamas <laughs> really all we're doing is incriminating ourselves yeah come on through trucker steve yeah. we got a big bag of meth we're not gonna make last, a dime off of this your last journey last and, portion of your and journey. all we're doing is creating a case now get those vcrs to buffalo you literally said you're gonna murder me today <laughs> yeah but <laughs> they're gonna use, they're gonna use this in your court case free speech man until i actually murder you we're all good. Oh, so, man. yeah, uh, shout out to us for that 25 hours of content and yeah. uh, 15 episodes. Dude, we're in a. And all the, the shade about, to all the haters. Yeah, all the shade. <laughs> I almost I almost said something terrible. <laughs> all the shade, but yeah. Um, <laughs> 
man, you just you just put things in there, and I almost slipped. So all the shade. Um, oh, pause. We've been listening to. You know how I made that. Somebody commented on me making that joke about our pasty white friends going to Spain on a cruise and no yeah. Spanish people in Spain are actually listening. So we're, we've actually been listening to in the Netherlands now in some European countries. So not sure who all is out there or hey, hit us up traversing about, but thanks for catching up with us on a weekly basis. No matter what portion of the world you're in, we greatly appreciate it as always really means a lot to us. Thanks guys. So shout out everyone. You got anything else, dude? That's about it, man. All right. Well, shout out to David Mwansa as he, Place us out. That's it. All right. We'll catch you up next week.